You are now listening to Showtime Unplugged, presented by Johnny Showtime Productions. Johnny! Fucking Showtime! Showtime. Showtime. These guys are standing around all day, flexing like they're on to another fantastic episode of Showtime Unplugged. I'm your host, Johnny Showtime, here with you every episode, 13 episodes deep, doing big things. And today I'm here with a phenomenal guest, a man who I went to school with, and someone that always had me laughing my ass off in class. Definitely a crazy kid, but he's a real man now. Hardworking man, thanks to Mr. Paul Bruno. (laughs) So... Ladies and gentlemen, this is Dave Cabrera. Thank you, man. I appreciate uh, you having me on. Uh, please. It is my honor to have you on, honestly. Um, let's go back to how we met. That's always my favorite thing to get to. High school. High school. Yeah. Definitely. Uh, Bruno's. Some, <laughs> some quality, quality class time with that man. Absolutely. Have you what seen, a hero. <laughs> have you seen him since? Uh, no. I saw him... Uh, a couple years after the class itself, we're seeing him just around the high school, had a beard, looked a lot more disheveled after he had left and stuff like that, but yeah. uh, no since high school days itself? No, I haven't seen I him I saw all. him about three years ago. Really? The conversation was exactly how you'd expect it to be. I said, Bruno, how are you? He recognized me. He's like, oh, Lombardi, how are you? I'm good. How are you? He goes, the government sucks. <laughs> And then he left. That was literally the conversation I had with him. That's hilarious. Did not ask anything about me. Yeah. Strictly cursed out the government and then just carried on with his, his death. I remember one day, what did we ask him? We asked him what his favorite band was. And he paused for a second. He looked at us and he was like, you know, the guy who could figure out how to turn seawater into, into gas, oil. into yeah. oil, into oil. And then he paused and went, Lots of shekels and rubbed his fingers together, and that was it. You know what's funny is I knew you were going to tell that story because I remember being right next to you, yeah, and you're just hysterical laughing at him, and you're like, "Bruno, are you fucking lunatic?" I, are you like, you're like, "Are you a lunatic, dude?" And he just had that like smile on his face, like, "Yeah, you couldn't, he couldn't, you couldn't like write that out." He just was. Uh... We still today don't know what his favorite band is. No, I think it was the Eagles. Didn't he love the Eagles? I thought it was the Eagles or, or DL. Or maybe, I don't know. All I know is that Frank LaFrosha showed up with his bass guitar and would scream, Holy Diver. Yeah, all the time. And, and Bruno would just want to choke him out. <sighs> that class where just a bunch of delinquents <laughs> just launching things. You know how I know that I, would, uh, I, I was going to enjoy that class? Because the first week, you and Bobby, yeah. who unfortunately passed away, yeah. Um, yeah. He or you threw a cassette into the furnace, <laughs> and the amount of black smoke that came out of the was it, was it wasn't it Steve Lotion? Wasn't it a planner? 
No, there, a planner went in there. A oh, there multiple at one things. Point. There's a multiple yeah. instances. I mean, I, I could recall the list of over ten things that were thrown in the <laughs> furnace. But on the first week, they threw a fucking cassette, black smoke all over. And all I remember is <laughs> going into the furnace. He turns around. He goes, he goes, "What is Angle Humperdinck doing in my furnace right now?" <laughs> fucking everyone lost it. That is hilarious. That could have been Frank. Frank may have had something to do with that because he. Uh, I remember him having that Angle whole, You and that whole group had everything to do with everything. Yeah. <laughs> We're delinquents, man. That class was like just the perfect stage to... Yeah, and the, the best part was is that you would never get in trouble. He'd always blame uh, Wasim. Yeah. He Wasim, had... or honestly, he grew to, to to angle towards Frank and Bob. Yeah. You know, he had his specific people. Yeah, Bruno was definitely a lunatic, but I definitely learned a lot of quality things from that man like that I still use to this day, which I find hysterical that I even remembered half the shit. But, no, yeah. that was, uh, in terms of what I actually use, in terms of like metallurgy and forging things, I got almost zero out of that. <laughs> but some of like the greatest experience in high school were from that class, and I only took that class for, what, a semester? You know, I, oh, okay. maybe maybe the full year. Maybe we did a full year. I took that all four years. I could not not take that. Class. I took it <laughs> one year, and then because of that semester, I was forced out, and I had like two periods of wood shop and this that oh, and everything. It was yeah. only one great season of metal shop for me. I got to experience Bruno for two years, and then Savarese for two years. Oh, Savarese! And I friend requested Savarese at least a hundred times on Facebook. To the point where he blocked me. Yeah, no. He didn't want to be friends with me. I don't know why. I, I have no idea why. I don't know. I think I know why. <laughs> we, we harassed that poor dude. Yeah, I, we never gave he him He brought a it upon himself. He did. Like, just yeah. his demeanor. Yeah, exactly. From the get-go was yeah, very dismissive. Just, here's the, you can't replace Paul Bruno and then just give us some, like, young kid who, yeah. like, thinks they're going to actually, like, teach us. Like, we took the class for Paul Bruno. No one took the class just to take the class. Yeah. You wanted the experience. Exactly. You took it for the specific person. Yeah. No and one was taking metal shop. You were taking Bruno's. Exactly. And then and then this guy's actually trying to teach us shit. And we're like, wait a second. Like, uh-uh. <laughs> Definitely not happening. But um, let's go segue into, like, you know, you, obviously. Like, it's not... Bruno's fucking awesome, but, like, I know we could talk about seven years for that guy, but... Absolutely. He has his own story. <laughs> exactly. Um, but let's get into, like, your love for MMA and, like, growing up with it, just because, obviously, like, you're fucking slaying it right now. Thank you very much, man. Um, like, what got you into it? Uh, what got me into it? Um, as a, I guess... I was born in 92, right? So I guess I'm a little bit of a 90s kid. I loved wrestling, right? Just like mm-hmm. everybody else. And uh, Who is your favorite all-time all, all wrestler? All-time wrestler. Mine's Ric Flair. All-time wrestler. You look like a Stone Cold type of guy. Oh, that's that's when I was – that was <laughs> definitely when I was coming up, of course, Stone Cold. But I always tried to, like, stay away from those guys who were who are the givens, you know? Like yeah. RVD is an excellent wrestler. I always yeah. liked RVD. Uh, modern guys like Penta and Kenny Omega, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Definitely S- quality guys there. Uh, yeah. Sick guys. But um, so as a kid, I was always very, I don't know, trying to, you know, you want to do moves, this, that, and the other thing. Didn't really have the ability to lift people over my head, believe it or not. So I was like, yo, I need to figure out some way of closing that gap. And it was definitely through the submissions. So I remember <laughs> as a kid trying to figure out how to, like, how the walls of Jericho worked, how this worked, how that worked. 
trying to find other submissions just randomly YouTube whatever the case may be and okay. trying to make them into my little thing and slowly that became like a very like bootleg knowledge of submissions and through looking that up or being a part of that in any sense jujitsu was a term that I had heard before and uh, I wouldn't even call myself familiar with it but I was aware of it and then once I started watching the UFC just from being home at the uh, on school days, stuff like that. They always had it on TV. You could watch UFC Unleashed, whatever the case was. Yeah. And seeing these things used in actual fights or whatever, that was kind of the bridging mm -hmm. of the gap. And it was like, I couldn't necessarily go and join like a pro wrestling club around here, but I could go train jiu-jitsu, or I can go train kickboxing, or I can go train something like that. Oh, yeah. What's crazy is that pro wrestling, obviously, um, is choreographed and they're not actually hitting each other like you would in MMA, but there's like less gyms and stuff to learn pro wrestling on the island than there is MMA now, Absolutely. which is bananas. But at the same time, like, MMA is still expanding and growing. Like, mm. People are still becoming fans to this day, which is insane coming from when I first started watching, it was when Chuck Liddell was the man. What a champion. Yeah, oh Chuck Liddell. Oh, my God, yeah. I and remember first watching... Me what, too. Watching religiously, like watching the events was, yeah, like the Chuck Liddell era. That's literally all I cared about. It was either Chuck Liddell and then fuck Tito Ortiz. That was it for me. And I didn't That's still care. the case. That's yeah, still no, it's definitely yeah. still the case today. Um, but he was he was definitely my guy. I definitely loved him. And you, I, I mainly say that because uh, Nick Sear got me into him. Nick Sear, yeah. Remember that's uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. he was yeah. one of the first guys to get me into watching events. He would always yeah, have the same. events or some have a way of watching the events, and we'd always watch them. We'd go to Half Off Apps, and he'd be ready to yeah. rock watching wow. it at the bar. <laughs> Half Off Apps, yes. <laughs> Hell yeah. So, who would you consider your, like, your idol in MMA? And then, like, was it Chuck Liddell that got you really, really into it? No. And then, who's your top guy right now? I'd have to say um, my favorite guy when I first started, actually when I first started watching MMA was like I said, I found like the UFC Unleashed would be on Spike TV back in the day. Yeah. Uh, there was this company, WEC, that would be on this channel, Versus, mm -hmm. they had Versus when yep. we were in high school. And they would, they, would, they would play that stuff all day. And uh, also they had the season of The Ultimate Fighter, I believe it was season four. So it was BJ Penn versus this guy, Jens Pulver. Jens Pulver was like the first lightweight champion in the UFC, uh, older fighter, but um, had a good little feud with BJ, so they had their own season of the Ultimate Fighter. And during that season, I became a big fan of Jens Pulver. If you ever look up Jens Pulver, he had a rough childhood growing up, um, was like the beginning, was one of the first guys to really push for the lighter weight classes in the UFC. For a while, it was only four weight classes. It was heavyweight, light heavyweight, middleweight, and welterweight, I think. So you got up from like up to 265 to 170. There's still a large portion of that yeah. that no one was fighting at yet, and at least in the UFC. And he was one of the first guys to push for 155, and he had a good feud with BJ Penn. So they, like I said, they had, they had them both on the Ultimate Fighter. And I was, I was very like I, – I gravitated towards him in the beginning, but uh, they ended up fighting at the end of the uh, season in BJ. BJ destroyed him. Yeah. And BJ just tied him up and just through using jiu-jitsu, just took his back – uh, I remember him trapping his arm like just like a spider and then BJ kind of went on a tear right after that mm -hmm. ended up winning the belt um, uh, just just really went on a good streak there and it was like just as I was starting uh, watching the uh, watching the sport itself so that 
pulled me towards BJ a large amount. Yeah. But if you know anything about BJ Penn nowadays, he's on the opposite end. He's on like an eight-fight losing streak. Yeah. He's just I mean, doing terrible. For a long time, he dominated. Dominated. Definitely dominated. dominated. But, you know, now here's here's where he is in his career. He's in his career of where like he definitely should know by now that he's out of his prime, mm. especially with all these younger guys coming up that are like you know definitely much stronger, much younger with more endurance, and he's just. Got to find his time where he's like, all right, like I'm, I got to be done with this soon, you know. He's um, also, he also has had the issue of like almost being anti jujitsu when it comes to his MMA. And I understand people who MMA is mixed martial arts; you should be able to do whatever you want to do. But in regards to competing, in regards to doing it as a job, you have certain things you're good at. You have your niche. Mm-hmm. What I always refer to it as like your ace. You always have the thing that you're going to use. You always the thing you're going to fall back on. The thing you're going to try to mold your game plan around. And his thing you would assume would be his jujitsu. BJ Penn was, uh, hmm, I want to say, one of the younger guys. Maybe one of the youngest guys to get his black belt at the time. He got his black belt in three years. It took me eight years to get my black belt. Soka, uh, the guy who I trained under. When Abu did you Gabi start? Chair. Yeah. When did you start training? Right out of high school. Right out of high that school. That next summer. It's like we got out in June. That summer I started training. Where jiu-jitsu. out? Uh, right in uh, Wontaw. Um, well, actually it was in Belmore in the beginning, Soka Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. And the guy I trained under there, uh, Abu Dhabi champion, which is one of the biggest tournaments you can win in Jiu-Jitsu, he even took like six years to get his belt. So the oh, idea of BJ shit. getting it in three That's is legit. And I'm under the impression BJ actually beat my, uh, my instructor at that year he got his black belt, mm-hmm. that uh, Brazilian Nationals or whatever down in Brazil, he actually, I think he beat Soka. So it was like worth some weight. Like it wasn't like he was just handed a belt. Yeah. BJ, BJ Penn was good. That's why he's called the Prodigy because he got that belt so quick. Makes sense. But if you watch his MMA, you would never know that he uses any jiu-jitsu. He goes out there and he's boxing heavy. He loves to yeah. box. And although I can appreciate that, like that's the aspect of fighting maybe you you like more, maybe you just happened to had developed this skill in jiu-jitsu, but it's like for, to have somebody who just goes so far out of the way to not use their jiu-jitsu, I'm almost surprised he hasn't run into more trouble or, or trouble way sooner, you know what I mean? Yeah. And absolutely. then in the few instances he has, his most recent chance he was able to use jiu-jitsu, <clears throat> he went against this, uh, this younger black belt, Ryan Hall, who's also ridiculous in jiu-jitsu. And, um, uh, familiar with footlocks. He ended up beating BJ with a footlock, but I wouldn't even call him necessarily like footlock oriented. And he went out there and he tooled BJ up really quick with this maneuver. And um, BJ, before, even afterwards, had talked about how he didn't train in no gi for, for this MMA fight. And if you know about jiu-jitsu, it's trained either in the gi where you wear the kimono, you can pull and push and pull on that all mm-hmm. you want, or no gi where it's a little more similar to wrestling. Yeah. If you're training for MMA, you're going to be training in, uh, in no gi. And BJ Penn apparently is training in the gi. He barely trained footlocks. Like he's open about the fact that he, he's not really adapting at all. Mm-hmm. And I think that's his biggest thing is one, not appreciating. I almost don't even want to say not appreciating because it's like he's BJ Penn. He can do it. <laughs> but it's like to not appreciate like your jujitsu and not use it. And then on the other hand, not to advance as the sport itself is advancing and growing. You know, people yeah. are only going to get better at it. Exactly. You know? Exactly. And then especially with the technology nowadays, the amount of like, tape that you could watch and all these crazy things like the specific training people are doing everything is a science now Mm -hmm. everything is a science now especially even if you don't even look just in terms of mma just health and fitness as a whole in the last couple years has blown up and in it blowing up the knowledge behind it has 
you know, surged. Absolutely. 100%. 100%. Now, um, I, <laughs> I wanted to bring this up because I always thought this was like a very funny experience that I had. And I don't even know if you remember it. But one time I remember we were hanging out. Um, it was like probably Friday or Saturday night. And we were in the woods. And for some reason, everyone loved to like, like, I guess, wrestle with you. And I remember one night, you, no one ever fucking beat you, by the way. One night, somehow, I think uh, Nick Sear, like, beat you or whatever, and, like, you refused to tap, and then, like, I don't know, some crazy shit happened, and you fucking threw a fit, went nuts, left, and then you came back. Like, you fucking came down the, uh, the hill off of Merritt's, like Stone Cold would during an entrance, made a beeline right to him, fucking took him down, and just... Just fucking put him in an armbar, made him tap, and you went nuts and just started spiking shit. Do you remember this? No, I don't. <laughs> oh my god, are you serious? No, I don't. I do just... not doubt it happened at all, though. <laughs> you just went absolutely nuts, and everyone was, like, cheering, going crazy, because, like, you know, like, no one ever beats you, and, like, everyone was just, like, quiet, like, oh my god, like, did Dave just really lose? Like, and, like, even the kid who beat, I think it was Nick Sear, he, he even felt bad, he goes, shit, like, we're in fucking trouble. <laughs> he just came back and just whooped his ass. I always just thought that was a really fucking, like, out of all the moments that I have, like, with you since, like, you know, we've, we've been in class and stuff together, that's definitely, like, the one that always stays with me. And I, to this day, I still fucking giggle about it when I think about it. <laughs> you know, the amount of times in those woods that we've had any sort of uh, just all of a sudden, like, wrestling matches. I can't tell you how many times at the parks, right outside of the school, <laughs> just getting bored. You're sitting there doing whatever the hell you're doing in the woods, and then at some point you get bored enough that people just start wrestling. Yeah. yeah. I mean, trust me, I'm definitely guilty of it. I've done it with my friends before. And and I'm sure know. I am sure I blew up, too, because I was a hothead about it. Yeah. Like, especially back then, it was like, <laughs> I was such a hothead about it. And Nick Sear was one of the main guys that I was rolling with in the beginning. Yeah. Because like, he was the guy who I started watching with. Exactly, you know? yeah. Yeah. You still talk to him or not really? No, man, I haven't talked to him in a while. Yeah, same. I I, I think I saw him one time in passing, and it, and I just I have no idea what the kids are up to. I haven't even seen him like like Around. usually. Yeah, like usually, like you'll still see like people that you don't talk to like post on social media and stuff. Mm. Haven't even seen him on Facebook. So, damn. I didn't even see him. He had brought up Bob from last year. Like even when that whole thing went down with Bob last year, yeah. I didn't see him at all. Just some people, I don't know. And I'm not even sure if he's still around here. Is he still around here? Do you know? I don't know. Here's the crazy thing. I used to see his truck, the, the Tahoe, the tan one mm. that was all blacked out. I'd see him drive all the time. And then one day I saw it and someone else was driving it. And I was like, shit, maybe someone copied him or he sold it. And, like, I, I haven't seen that in, in front of his house forever. Mm. So maybe he did move. I don't know. But if he did, he totally did it in silence because... I haven't heard from him. Yeah, I see like Armando. I used to chill with him and Armando Romeo. Yeah, yeah, I've seen him around. I see Armando Romeo works at the uh, at that uh, mechanic right up by Delta. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. I see him all the time. Yeah, he's but been exactly. There a long time. It's like even if I don't necessarily talk to people, I see a lot of people from the area. Him, yeah. I haven't seen in years. Very strange. I actually, strange. have not even seen him. Yeah, but if you've seen you on social media, hmm. you go by a. Phenomenal name. Uh, yeah, Mike Honcho. Mike Honcho. Huh? <laughs> I'm assuming it's the Step Brothers reference, uh, right? Of course. Uh, okay. No, it's Halladega Nights. I'm, duh. Oh, my God. I'm so stupid. No, yeah. it's all right. It's all right. I think yeah, that. Yeah, where he's like, I spread my butt cheeks as, as Mike, Mike Honcho. Yeah. Okay, you're right. You're right. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, good old I Mike Honcho. I, I can't 
Wow, I'm such a big uh, Will Ferrell and John C. Riley fan. I can't believe I fucked that up. No, there's so many good ones. You're allowed to make that mistake. I'll give you that. And and, uh, so I got a question for you. Do you enter in these tournaments under that name? Or do you enter in as your real name? This is... In jiu-jitsu, no. Because jiu-jitsu, the way it works out is you kind of sign up. It's like... uh, I don't even mean to knock... MMA, the whole idea, like when you get a nickname, they kind of really push the idea of that nickname. Yeah. You got a lot of guys who go by nicknames. MMA, it's kind of like a part of it in and of itself is whatever names people can come up with. But um, jujitsu, when you're signing up, like you're signing up with your ID, you know what I mean? So if I put my concho, I show up and they're looking, like they'll straight up put your ID to the page. <laughs> it's like I don't have an ID that says my concho, so that ended up screwing me. But in terms of MMA, yeah, I have... Uh, Wait, that's happened to you before? Where you jokingly wrote Mike Concho? No, and, we had oh, okay. a guy who used to go by Frank the Tank Okay. at the place we trained. And uh, I believe he signed up to a tournament as Frank the Tank somehow. And then realized maybe a week or so before somebody pointed out, I don't think you're going to be able to actually compete like that. Because when you show your ID, it doesn't yeah. say Frank the Tank. And he was able to call it up and square it up. Right, that's but good, though. I've been able to avoid that. But... Uh, with MMA, like this one organization I have the fight in uh, September with, I'm pretty sure the guy who thinks my name is is my concha, <laughs> which is cool. Although I bring it up all the time, like all the time I go out of my way to put it as the nickname, put it in between my name. I, all the time I try to clarify and still like some people just gravitate to it. People call me Mike. I can't tell you how many people call me Mike. <laughs> that's, that's fucking amazing, honestly. <laughs> because... So when I noticed that you made the change on like social media and stuff, I always looked at it. I was like, that's so goddamn funny. And then like I would see like people post and they'd be literally calling you Mike and stuff. I was like, yo, if he jokingly changed his name legally to Mike Honcho, I wouldn't be shocked. That'd be a Dave thing to do. But that's fucking hysterical. In the world of Facebook, (laughs) I might as well have. Like that's the way it turned out is – the whole way that came to be was when I first started, we had a black belt. This guy, Alonzo Rodriguez, super cool dude, helped me, still helps me out all the time with my jiu-jitsu. And uh, when I started, he had a, like an obscure name on Facebook. And it was like, uh, Zoe, why don't you put your real name on there? And his whole idea was if he ever went out or something like that and, got, and somebody happened to say something or do something and he had to get into any sort of altercation, he didn't want somebody looking him up, Makes finding sense. out he trained, and then trying to get him in trouble for it. Yeah. So what I got – so he changed his name. So what I got out of that more so is that I should have an alias. Yeah. And the idea of an alias was the coolest thing in the world. So I was like, I need to have one. And I felt I, – honestly, I feel like it was that day. It may have been a couple days later. I'm not 100%. But we're at uh, Nick Galuccio's house, mm-hmm. sitting in the backyard after practice. And uh, Talladega Nights comes on. That scene comes on. And, uh, and I remember thinking to myself, that's it. That's perfect. It's so random. It's yeah. A couple people, most people will get it. The people who've watched the uh, movie, I'm sure, will get it, but a lot of people won't get it. Mm-hmm. And I didn't say anything. I just changed my name. And I forgot about it for the most part. And then I didn't, a couple people would bring it up here and there, but I didn't really get the, like, the gravity of the situation until I was at a competition where, again, the teammate of ours was also there with us. Uh, me and my family went down. A teammate was there, like, selling, like, merchandise. He had his own company. Mm-hmm. And I'm ready to compete. And I'm competing and I'm fighting against this dude. And all of a sudden on the corner, this is jujitsu now, on the corner some guy's yelling, Mike, do this, Mike, do that. And at first I have no idea who he's talking to. And at some point I like lock eyes with him. And he's yelling at me, Mike this, Mike that. And I'm like, oh, he's been talking to me this whole time. And then it clicks why. And I'm like, oh, wow. 
wow. In this the middle guy, of the fight. In the middle amazing. of the fight, I'm like, oh, this guy thinks I'm my concho. Like, really thinks. This is years ago. And then after that, it became more. Maybe people had always been doing it, but that's when it really clicked mm-hmm. for me. And then I was aware of the fact that people were like, oh, Mike this, Mike that. People coming up to me like, yo, my, my bad. Your name's, uh, your name's Mike. I've been calling you Dave. And it's like, no, no, my name's Dave. Either, <laughs> either one works, you know? That's freaking great. And, so, and now it's now it's people love it. Like yeah. that last fight I did for uh, New York Fight Exchange, mm-hmm. um, the commentators like bringing it up. He knew almost the entire scene. He's like he's like talking <laughs> to me at the end of the fight. And he's like, uh, "So did you do a full spread for Playgirl magazine?" I'm like, "Yeah, this that, the other thing." He's like, "They didn't they didn't make you spread your butt cheeks, did you?" I was like, "No, no, they did. They did they, the whole spread and everything." And it's that's like absolutely amazing. Honestly. For us, that's funny. But yeah. I had like my because it was. Um, uh, live streamed on the uh, on oh, Facebook no. or something. Well, and, of course, and my aunts have no idea what that is. So, like, why would he ask you something like that? And it's, no, no, it's all right. I promise you, it's all right. It's like, did you hear what that man said? Like, just like in the comments, uh, you know, that I had to called, do a little bit of damage. She called your other aunts or uncles or whatever. They're like, yo, Dave is like spreading his butt cheeks for Playgirl magazine. What, like, did you hear about did this? You hear what this? the hell is like, going on? <laughs> Someone get a hand of that magazine. Did anybody know about this? <laughs> I had the same experience, though, because I jokingly changed my Facebook name to John Showtime Lombardi. I, I did this years ago, and it, it got to the point where, uh, like, my brother's friends would meet me, and then they would find me on Facebook, because, like, that was kind of the thing back in the day, where, like, you would meet someone, and you immediately look them up for Facebook. And then they would be like, yo, is your brother Showtime coming? Your brother, and my brother would be like, what the fuck are you talking about? Who's Showtime? They're like, your brother Showtime. Like, this is, and my, my brother would be like, oh, John? Yeah, like, I guess he'll be there. And his friends would call me Showtime, and, and he would never get it. And then when they, that, well, I'd show up, they're like, Showtime, oh! And I was like, how is it that I literally gave myself this nickname so long ago because I was going to use it... Um, because I wanted to become a pro wrestler, and my name was going to be Johnny Showtime, and I jokingly made my name John Showtime Lombardi. I was like, everyone's calling me this, and I didn't do anything but make it my Facebook name. Mm. It's like, this is fucking awesome. No. So, so now when I ring announce for pro wrestling, I'm Johnny Showtime, and like I have T-shirts and stuff for my ring announcing gig and everything, and like I'll, sometimes I'll have like there'll be people in the crowd that know me, and they'll start sharing Johnny Showtime and shit. I swear to God, it's the greatest thing in the world. That is awesome. So a self-proclaimed nickname blew up. I find it fucking hysterical. I love it because it's two things out of that. One, the idea where – and I, I find it with jujitsu all the time – that your name on the internet is your name nowadays. Pretty much, Like yeah. It's like you see people, whether you're really aware of how much you see them – on the internet so like so much more than you may see them in real life just because you're scrolling through boom I see the name mm-hmm. just for a split second you see it and you register it yeah. and throughout the day you may be doing that and then all of a sudden for instance there's a, so many people at Jiu Jitsu with little especially Instagram where that's like your only way of communicating or whatever yeah. and their Instagram handle is their name you know what yeah. I mean like we refer to this one guy uh, Mateo we train with and on Instagram I think or maybe even Facebook his name's Mateo NY Mateo New York I can't tell you how many people call him Mateo New York in one thing like one fluid thing <laughs> Mateo awesome. New York Mateo New York we, we had me and my friend Pete had the same situation when we were bowling uh, I used to bowl a lot in tournaments and stuff hmm. and there's this guy who always was sponsored by this bowling equipment brand of um, track and so he'd always wear track stuff. His name was like something track, whatever. So everyone would just call him track guy. 
be like, yo, track guy's here. Oh, track guy's here. And, like, he fucking hated it. But, like, no one cared to learn his name, and he was just known as track guy. It's easier. Yeah. And the only way that no one calls him track guy anymore is now he broke the sponsorship with track, like, last year. And now he has a sponsorship with another company. And now the company that – I can't remember the name because it's, like, a, one of those, like, smaller companies. Mm. Like, now no one, no, one, no one knows his name now. They're like, that, oh, was, that was, that was track, track guy. guy. But, like, you know, you can't call him that anymore. <laughs> I like it's another thing too is it it used to be you couldn't give yourself nicknames. Yeah. Like the the one way to not have anybody call you a name was to try to get the people to call you a name. Now you just make it your Facebook name or your Instagram name, boom. Exactly. I gave exactly. myself Honcho, you know what I mean? I, I did. It's, it wasn't it's necessarily on purpose, but it's like, all right, yeah. I'll take it. Now, did you ever make t-shirts for like I guess your brand cuz I know a lot of people like to do that. No, I've I wanted to for uh, about a fight or so now. I wanted to do it for this fight coming up, and I still may do it for this fight coming up. Okay. But uh, in terms of actually like retailing them and selling them, no, I, I haven't had a shirt made. I've had shirts made just for the team. Like, so you we'll like put Honcho on it? Or? Yeah, yeah. That's amazing. Dave, Mike Honcho, Cabrera. I love it. I got to get – honestly, Honcho's? like when, when you go to order, please, I'll, I'll give you the money for it. I definitely need one. Yeah, absolutely. Please. Thank you. Thank I will you. rock the shit out of that all the time. Yeah. I definitely need that. <laughs> no, I need to get one too. There's so much uh, so much to work with, man. We've done a whole yeah. bunch, bunch of fights now with the jiu-jitsu itself. Uh, yeah. How many fights a year Honcho? do you think you do? Uh, this year has been the busiest year. After sep- September 8th will be the fourth one. Holy shit. Within like uh, – I'm not even sure how to refer to it. Would it be a calendar year where I did one November, then I did one in April, then I did one in June, and then I'd be doing one in September? Yeah, that'd be a calendar year. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So, I mean, that's where I'm going to be at. As I say it, it's like, oh, it'd be cool to do another one in November, but it's like, nah, I've already – it's like four is an excellent number. Yeah. I'd like to really sit back, still train during the holiday season, but not have anything really looming. Mm -hmm. Like, that's such a thing. Like, just the second you schedule something, you're going. Like, you're – like mentally, anxiety-wise, everything is just focused oh, yeah. on that. And then moment. obviously with like your training and everything, you have to probably watch what you're eating and you have to make sure you're doing all the right stuff. And, and just making it there. you know, yeah. Everything's a process too. So of course watching what you're eating and everything else in regards to training, but also just making it the training so you can get those steps going to get mm-hmm. to wherever you need to be. You know, you can't just – you got to train. Let's say within the con- – it's eight weeks for a fight usually. So let's say I'm training one specific thing, like let's say wrestling three or four times a week over the course of that eight weeks. Uh, I still need to be doing all of those sessions in order to be where I need to be once that fight happens. Makes so sense. it's like that entire time the schedule needs to be kept. Yeah. Because you're not going to be able to get to the last spot if you're not working through every spot, uh-huh. you know. And you current, you also work full time now. Yeah. So what yeah. do you do for a living? Uh, I'm an electrician. No and, way, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude, I had no idea. That's so cool. Yeah, it's no. I'll tell you the truth, it worked out very well. I um, did you go to school for it or anything? Or? Uh, no, I lucked into it. I've been very fortunate with jobs. For a little bit, I was stuck at the best yet. Just yeah. Stuck at best yet for like five years, but uh, then I ended up jumping over to doing slowmans for about a month. I'd do overnights. Call your house when your alarm went off. Okay. And, uh, just about a month into that, where I'm doing overnights. Just as the thought in my brain was like, wow, I, I don't think I can be doing overnights all the time. This mm-hmm. is a crazy schedule to get used to. Um, a guy I trained with almost since the beginning, this guy, John Beecher, three-time world champion. He's like 53 too. He's like a beast. But uh, he's an electrician. He's been an electrician for like 30-some-odd years, something like that. He needed an apprentice. And I was like, yo, I'll do this. 
Exactly. And it works out perfect. It's uh, He still trains. He still competes. So there are definitely circumstances and uh, different situations where he definitely helps me out just because yeah. he's been in this situation. Oh, yeah. As That's crazy, though, because like, you got to find, you know, obviously you got to work and make money full time. And then you still have to find time to train X amount of days, which I would assume when you have eight weeks, you're probably trying to train at least six days out of that week, out of the week or what? What do you usually go usually for? you're trying to get something in six days, yeah. but also they're not going to be full capacity days, six days. At least I'm not. Usually if I'm going – if I have like – usually like five days where I have two or three things I got to hit up in regards to training in the course of that day, whether it be lifting and wrestling or lifting and striking and wrestling or jujitsu and wrestling. You know what I mean? Usually you, yeah. you're doing a couple things. You work a lot on cardio too, I'm assuming. Yeah. But it's – uh for the most part, it's like try to keep five good days and then have that other day where I can kind of mess around. And then you always want a day to just veg out, you know. Makes sense. Now, um, currently, well, you just won your last fight hmm. and you just got a sick belt. So yeah. you're you, – Coolest you, belt so far. It's yeah, nice, I, nice I, I actually screenshot the picture. I'm going to use it to post if you don't mind. That's, absolutely. That's um, a nice one. To, that's, yeah. a, that's the best yeah. one to pick. It's like, yeah. I like every belt I've been fortunate enough to get absolutely, but you can tell. It's like, wow, they put time into this one. Now, do you have a nice like shelf for all these? Because obviously you get to keep the belt when you win it. Yeah, yeah. Um, the way it worked out is I have a couple grappling belts too. So for a couple years now, I've been like building up a little collection of them. And I have a spot in my house where I have a couple of the grappling belts and I have my first... I want to say four, probably just about four or five MMA and kickboxing belts. And then the last uh, two I got, I just, this last year, the last two fights just about, I started training at this place, Inferno MMA in Lindenhurst. And um, they've helped me out a lot. And also they're very um, proud. Like they got like a whole little wall. Really? They got a whole little wall. And I was like, you know what? I'm starting, it, not just for oh, me, okay. for their guys. That's cool. And it's like uh, they have one guy who's a, a big kickboxer over there, uh, Alex Santiago, helps me out a whole bunch. He beats the crap out of me, honestly. He's very good. <laughs> and uh, cool, humble dude. And he has some belts on the wall. And they got pictures up there. And they got pictures of their guys. And it's like, yo, now I got a place to put them. You know what I mean? For a while, I was like, all right, sweet. I'm just going to hoard them up in my house. I got a mm-hmm. hoard of gold in my house. Yeah. But uh, now it's like I got a, I got a place that you know people looking to have them up on their wall. It's like sweet. So I, this last one I held that nice one. I held on for probably about a week and a half or so, and I'm like it's just gonna get dinged up at my house. I mean, give it to them and they put it up on the wall. It's like all right, sweet. That's so cool. Damn, I should have told you to bring one. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but That's no, I, so cool, dude. I definitely have a stand for them too. I got a stand. Uh, nice. Yeah. I um I have a few like pro wrestling belts. Obviously, I didn't win them. I yeah. bought them online. And I've been so uh, close. So they, close. They sell things that you could actually stick onto the wall and then like uh, use the buttons to click into them, which That's, is really cool. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, if you ever want to do that, WWEShop.com has them for like pretty cheap. I'd probably say maybe seven bucks. I think I spent on. I each gotta one. look up how that works because yeah. some of the most of the belts I've had so far are. Uh, Actually, that's not even true. Do they I have guess. buttons or do they just I was have gonna like say Velcro that. or something? Uh, some of them have Velcro. Yeah. But I have a couple. I was going to say most of them do, but that's not true. I have a couple of them that have have a sick little button set up. I love the buttons. Velcro is yeah. definitely easier to deal with. Yeah. Oh, in terms of getting it, 100%. walking around with the belt, you yeah. know, after the fight or whatever, it's like, oh, it'd be sweet if it was just straight up Velcro. Whoop, whoop. It yeah. fits right on. Doing the buttons by yourself. Oh, my goodness. Yes. You do buttons with a person. 
yeah. and it's like they always go super loose. It's like, yeah. no, bro, we're gonna get comfortable. You're gonna get close right now. You're gonna put those. You gotta get it tight. But yeah, I had to definitely buy. I have uh, I have three of them actually. Uh, I was lucky enough to get two of them as a gift. What'd you get? What I are have the, belts? the uh the undisputed championship, oh, which the best which, one of the best belts, if yeah. not the best belt. Yeah, definitely. Which, you know, obviously Undertaker and Brock Lesnar made that belt what it is. Then I have the uh, John Cena spinner belt. Which is super cool. And then about two years ago I, I caved and there was a sick deal on, on the belts and I got um the just the regular uh, WWE Championship belt now the, with yeah. the black and the gold. Uh, and the that's big better than w. the Universal. I don't know. I can't get comfortable. The, with the red Universal. one's kind of weird to me, yeah. Yes. But the black one, I like it. I had to get it, and they had they were doing like forty percent off belts one day, and I was like, really? Yeah. And I was like, All right, I would have probably like, caved too. I was that's like, sick. I'm about to get this for like two hundred dollars cheaper than what it cost. I was like, if I don't do it, I know I'm going to kick my ass later. Yeah. So I ended up pulling the trigger, and let me tell you. Out of the three belts I have, this one is definitely the nicest one. Really, it's got it's it's literally heavy. It, this thing is maybe like 10, 15 pounds, and it just everything about it it shines. It's it's nice. One day I will have one of those belts. It's just one deciding to get a belt, making yeah. that purchase. But then also, which one to pick? It's like yeah. I could pick six of them. The next one I want to get is the uh, the white intercontinental. The oh, the but the nice. thing is like. It, it, that's like another $400 belt and I'm just like I don't know if I'm willing to take that investment yet you yeah know? no of course wait for it sure that, that was my favorite thing about this belt I just got to my, oh, to my girlfriend listening that's a great Christmas idea the Intercontinental Championship belt I'll send you the link <laughs> continue <laughs> the, the link will be posted in the comments <laughs> but uh no that was my favorite thing about this last belt I was able to get is it's white yeah white leather it's like oh, the yeah. first thing was like, yo, Intercontinental belt. It pops. Up. It pops, oh, honestly. The so black sick. ones are a little like, you know, they're cool, but the white, it just like jumps at and you. And they, they gave out black ones for this event too. They had two white ones and two black ones. And uh, the black, just the way the metal worked out with the belt itself, belt itself was, was it was dark metal. Mm-hmm. So like the dark on dark, I think it would have been weird, but the dark with the light, white, that yeah. white is just... Oh, man. Yeah. And it was loose, too. It was nice and broken in. Ah, sick nice. belt. Probably one of my favorite belts. Oh, absolutely my favorite belt that I, that I won. Nice. Very cool. Now, you mentioned where you trained, hmm. which you still – you said it started in Wontaw, and now when oh. you started – I'm sorry. I no, no, no problem at all. I w- jumped around a little bit. Uh, I trained jiu-jitsu uh, the way I've been training for almost – going on nine years now. Uh, Soka Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. Okay. They're based in Wontaw now, uh, and that's where I trained since – 2000, the end of 2010. Yeah. So now when you don't have a fight lined up, do you still go there and train a little bit, obviously? Yeah. Even yeah. when I'm training for fights, I still go over there and roll. Like, that's where, if I'm getting good jiu-jitsu training, that's where it's going to be at. Nice. Uh, Inferno is much, is definitely like the fine-tuning spot. Mm-hmm. So I'm going there to work wrestling, and very small groups, usually like five, six guys, working wrestling, uh, striking, um, one-on-one training in terms of striking, uh, is all at Inferno. Uh, cardio, stuff like that. Kind of bringing everything together, like the in-between is all Inferno. Yeah. And then... Uh, now, could like the average guy that like wanted to just like kind of learn a little bit show up to that gym and like get a membership or something like that? I'm or not is actually it mainly... sure how they do that. I know they yeah. have classes, but the way most of their classes seem to work out is it's like cardio workouts and stuff like that. But um, I know they're open to having other guys train, but I believe it would be like uh, getting in contact with them. Like I have them on my Instagram. I have them on my Facebook. Gotcha. Getting in contact with them and then getting into the class. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. 
because um, usually it's like we have like a group text, we throw something together, and then we get a whole bunch of the guys to show up, and we okay, gotcha, you, gotcha. Just because there's a few people that I know that like they go to the UFC gym, yeah, but, like they just kind of work out there. There's really no one sure. that they do anything with, but you know, I'll tell them to contact I guess or something. I yeah, don't know. check it out. Yeah. It, even, especially uh, Instagram, Facebook, you or just DM message. Dave or at Mike Honcho. I mean, yeah. My, uh, I'll, I'll help you out. What is it? Honcho underscore Soka BJJ at, yeah. on Instagram and then Mike Honcho on uh, on Facebook. On Facebook. <laughs> and that's with an A. If you don't know, I, I don't know if it's how it's spelled, but I always went H A N C H O. Yeah. And that has, well, been, yeah. that has been the great like divider. Like everybody spells it with O. You got uh, the guy from Migos, Quavo or whatever, spells it with a U, Honcho. It's like I've I've saved myself by yeah. s- putting the A there. You gotta figure out how to trademark that now. I really do because no <laughs> one's jumped on A yet. <laughs> it's good, but really quick. Also, um, East Coast MMA in Hicksville, uh, they're affiliated with Fight Sport, and um, so you train ex- like a couple different gym. places. Uh, yeah, just jumping over there every so often just to get a little bit of uh, striking in. I go there primarily for striking. They're very good with their hands over there. They train jujitsu too. They have excellent jujitsu, but. Uh, I, I go over there to get beat up a little bit. That's yeah. Good. No, that's cool. It's very smart to go to, like, different gyms and stuff. For yeah. I know that there's, there's definitely a lot of fighters that, like, they'll be, like, loyal to, like, one place. And then, like, they don't learn anything outside of that one place. And then it's kind of like, well, you're not expanding your horizons. Because, like, you know, obviously, like, it's cool to stay loyal to someone. But, like, you still want to learn new shit. Absolutely. And, like, you know, other people's ways of doing things. And also, I think it's, like, refreshing, too. Yeah, exactly. It's like you go to the same place and it's just you can't help but get stale a little yeah. bit. Yeah, not only that, but like maybe something that you're doing, you're not doing it to the way you want, but somebody else knows how to do it a different way, yeah. and then like you feel more comfortable that way, and then you create your own, you know. Yeah, it's always going to help have more than one set of eyes on it, you know. Yeah, as long exactly. as you have the. And you respect – the thing is you got to respect your coaches to begin yeah. with anyway. So as long as you bring it back to them and you're still breaking stuff down with your coaches, I can't see it hurting going and training someplace else. As long as you're aware, especially in MMA, especially in jiu-jitsu, that you're not going to get hurt in those different circumstances. And not necessarily on purpose, but you have people who – it gets competitive. It's a competitive mm-hmm. sport. Yeah. And just uh, over-pushing yourself, over-exerting. Somebody may be going a little too hard with this, that, or the other thing, and then you're hurt and you're out. Yeah. Right? Exactly. So – so that's, that's such a big name of the game right now that uh, it becomes more and more apparent every fight that we go is staying healthy is like such a massive part mm-hmm. of it. Everything's training with injuries. It's interesting, but yeah, that's the way she goes. Excellent. Um, you train with any big name guys at all? Uh, the biggest name guys I train with would the biggest name guy would probably be Soka, uh, yeah. Alexander Soka, the guy who I train jujitsu with. Um, was he ever in like the UFC or anything like that? Uh, no, his big yeah. thing is the Abu Dhabi Grappling Championships. He was gotcha. the uh, the first the first lightweight champion over there. Where uh, this is a very big tournament. Um, one of the main, I believe, somebody may be able to correct me on this, but I believe one of the main original investors for the UFC was uh, this like this prince. Or, Sheik over there in Abu Dhabi or whatever the case may be, mm-hmm. and not only did he help with the UFC in the beginning, but he ended up wanting to put put together a grappling tournament, and uh, he has the funds to do it and the space to do it over there. And it's uh, this was all the way back in the '90s, and he put on this big, prestigious tournament, and it's just been every year, every two years, I believe, 
they have it over in Abu Dhabi. And uh, Soka won the first one of those back in the day. Wow. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. Holy yeah. shit. And he's coming second like three times, I think. he's he That was his big thing back in the day. He was just constantly competing at that. But um, That's super kick-ass, honestly. No, and I've been fortunate enough to train with a lot of coaches, a yeah. lot of people who uh, maybe ne- weren't necessarily fighting in the UFC themselves, but they train with people. Uh, my coach, Kenny Willis, uh, excellent wrestling, wrestling coach, has trained with a lot of UFC guys. Um, uh, I trained with uh, a couple of people who have fought pro in the past. Chris Lessinger, a guy who trains over at Soka Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu with us, has trained pro in the past. Anthony Ladonna was a pro in the past, another guy we trained with. Uh, so a couple guys here and there. Oh, yeah. That's super cool. So now, you have a fight in obviously September that you mentioned. Yes, what September day? 8th. September 8th. September 8th. It's a Sunday at Mulcahy's in Wontaw. And they're renovating the place. They're expanding it so they'll be able to fit it. Usually they just slam a ring in there. Really? And, and it's just as as tight as it sounds. Like It's like they get a, a ring yeah, in there. Yeah, I was going to say. Like, pack in there and it's people are on top of each other and all sorts of stuff. But they make it happen. It's always a pretty good event. And apparently they're expanding and they're going to fit a cage in there. Interesting. And uh, yeah, this is going to so be the first show. So by September. Yeah. You know, not to go on a tangent here, but uh, I saw Mini Kiss perform there. You ever hear about them? No. Okay, so it's a bunch of midgets who dress up like the band Kiss and perform. And it's the greatest thing I've ever seen in my life. They're big into the midget events. They have midget wrestling there too. I've heard of this. Like I've heard of it from multiple people. Like people go to that. It's like, yo, do you hear they have midget wrestling? There? That's it's insane. Like, I've heard that a couple Dude, times. Let me tell you, midget. Uh, I'm sorry, mini kiss. Fucking not even funny. Just like they literally did put on a great show, which I thought was like that's awesome. Yeah, and like they, I'm telling you, full get up. They had like the big shoes and the face paint and like. One dude literally was showing chest hair, and like they wore the exact outfits. What a champion! It was That's amazing, it. absolutely amazing. So, current, I guess right now you're, are you doing full time training as well? Would you be, or are you not quite yet into that? Oh uh, uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. We're about. Uh, so how many hours a week are you doing it? Would you say? Uh, I guess I got. Usually it's like two to three hours a day. Uh, I'd say 15 to 20 hours a week, probably. Yeah. Just about. That's give or definitely take. good, yeah. Now, I'm assuming that definitely takes a little bit of toll on you. Do you have any things that you like to do to, like, relax a bit during this? Like, any, like, meditation or do you, like, do any, you know, anything that seems to help ease your mind or you just kind of be well, able to do it yourself? My big off days right now, really, just thinking about the off, once I get home, it's like by the time I get home, I'm so dead that it's usually you're, you're right out. Yeah. But uh, my big thing is off days, especially Sunday, is uh, I watch, um, my sister's big into like international, like uh, uh, pro wrestling, so she'll watch like the uh, AAA and like NJPW and mm-hmm. uh, CML. Yeah. Like she watches so much, it's ridiculous. So, uh, and she works overnights. So she's always watching stuff throughout the week. And then usually she's over um, Sundays. I hang out with my sister, hang out with my girlfriend, and we watch uh, pro wrestling or something like that. Just mope around. Just watch something passive. You know what I yeah. mean? Let's say we're not watching that. This weekend I saw, uh, what was the movie? Midsummer, Something like that. 824 movie. Uh, movie was all right. 824 has excellent movies, though. It's an excellent company to look up movies by. And, um, I'll have to remember that. Yeah, good <laughs> stuff. Um, and they... Uh, so just anything, like something I could just sit there and veg out about, like, um, it helps not to have to think too much into it. It's like, mm-hmm. I like the idea of doing, 
all sorts of stuff. And recently, this last year, just to nerd out a little bit, I've been trying to get into like D and D. So like reading like D and D books, looking into that stuff, listening to the podcasts on that. Nice. But uh, sometimes like you just gotta just not do anything. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, you're not trying to sleep necessarily. Yeah. So you just gotta be able to veg out, man. You gotta find the space to veg out. As long as I just not do anything, but just exist, I'm good. Yeah. And that's yeah. that's definitely my biggest therapeutic thing. Probably even meditative a little bit. Yeah. It's like just be able to post up relax know that you have the the week behind you the weeks in the bag you did a good amount it's always easy to get rest when you put a, a good amount of effort in and then just veg out thankfully you have a uh, very good mindset towards it yeah you know you know thank you drive yourself crazy which is good i try not to um now i wanted to ask you a question on something because a lot of people definitely don't i guess really understand it because I, I know a lot of people that definitely watch a lot of ufc and like bellator and stuff and they don't understand all like the stuff, like fighting styles, I guess you'd call them. So like, there's jujitsu, um, obviously kickboxing, which I, I guess Brazilian jujitsu would be different, correct? Uh, or then give the, or take the same shit. Then what? Then jujitsu, or is the same? Uh, thing? Well, you have tradition, traditional Japanese jujitsu where they do a lot of standing stuff, a lot of standing joint locks. I believe there might even be um, striking in it, and jujitsu is sh- uh, strictly grappling. And now that's either grappling, like I brought up before, where it'd be in the gi where you're wearing a kimono and in that you're wearing a kimono, you could ha- uh, somebody could use that against you. They can yeah. grip on it. They can anchor their hands in your kimono and try to choke you with it. It's called the gi. Or um, no gi where you're now wearing like uh, a compression shirt and like shorts. Mm-hmm. And there you can't really grip clothing. You're not supposed to grip any clothing and you have to use like grips on the, on yeah. the person's body itself. A lot more similar to wrestling. And uh, – but – 100% grappling. Yeah. If you start standing, it's just for the sake of securing a takedown so you can grapple. Makes sense. But uh, if you're going to think about the styles, I think the best way to break it down would be striking and then you have grappling and then you kind of have the clinch work where it's either standing, clinching, where you're super tight and you're mm-hmm. holding on to each other, kind of like standing, grappling, or clinching up against a cage. And then you can break those down into individual things where striking, you'd have boxing, kickboxing, Muay Thai kickboxing, where they use their knees and their elbows. Mm-hmm. Um, you can get even further into that where they have like Dutch kickboxing and capoeira and stuff like that. Capoeira is where it's like the dancing techniques. Uh, it looks like dancing. Um, and then when it comes to grappling, you, got the ju- you have judo, you have sambo. Judo is a little bit of stand- standing too. But uh, the trick with judo is, is even though they do have standing takedowns, it's, it's also based with grips. Yeah. Judo is almost entirely with the kimono. Mm-hmm. So a lot of that stuff is based on grips. We have judo... Um, Jiu-jitsu, wrestling, sambo. And this is a lot of technique and stuff that all sorts takes of, a lot of learning. All different ways of trying to get to the same goal. They're all a little bit different here yeah. and there. But you can also see how they kind of overlap. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's what you see a lot in, uh, in MMA is just like that, that kind of like that mesh of it. Mm-hmm. Like the perfect guys just have that, that mesh of all of it. Like oh, yeah. They pick the perfect parts here and there and then yeah. they so have their style. My favorite fighter, um, Chael Sonnen. Really? Yeah, that's no, not 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 against it. Like, sweet support him, but that's completely out of left field. Yeah, honestly, I I always loved him. I loved his the way he would Chale promote P. himself. Chael P. Sun and yeah, yeah. And the P stands for phenomenal. <laughs> got, he fucking kills me, that dude. But the American gangster. Bro. I'll, I'll never forget um, where he was in an interview and somebody asked him. They were like, oh, like, what fighting style are you uh, are you training in? And he deadass goes, what are you talking about? I'm a cage fighter. I don't train anything else but kicking someone's ass. <laughs> and I was just like, 
okay. And then the guy was like, yeah, but like, what about like kickboxing or whatever? He goes, I take my fist and I punch people. Like, it's not much to it. And yeah. like, he even says, um, even on, like on his podcast now, he goes, my training was a fucking joke. He would just basically like roll and, and just practice striking. And like, he didn't really have much technique. And you obviously saw it towards the end of his career. <laughs> yeah, he had his thing that he, he, he either took you down and controlled you and looked great doing it. Or he got stifled really quick. And then, like, his second fight with Anderson, once it started falling apart, he caught that knee to the chest and everything. It was done. Yeah. And then his fight with Jones. His fight with John Jones. I got to he see that He definitely should have not been in the ring with Jones. <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing, though. Good for him. In that he talked his way right into that fight, I believe. Somebody, oh, yeah. somebody pulled out. Maybe uh, Vitor Belfort or something. Yeah, I think so. Because them two have a lot, a lot of bad blood. But yeah, he—that's. I mean, that was his basic gimmick. Was is what a lot of people don't do nowadays is they talk their ways. And and, and actually, I was just watching something on uh, before you came in, where he said in uh, kindergarten he always learned uh, who, what, where, uh, how, and why. And he's like Dana White takes care of two of them, um, and then the place obviously Dana White takes care of. And then he says the one that the fighters have to take care of is why. Like, why am I fighting you? Why should I get invested in your story? And he would always create the story. Like, even if he loved the guy, he'd make some shit up and shit talk you to get you angry. And then people like, okay, like, these two guys hate each other. I need to get in this. And then you see the money rocket. Dana White gets, you know, he was gets absolutely- a little excited and boom, Chael Sonnen's facing fucking John Bones Jones. Yeah. You know? <laughs> absolutely was like the first McGregor. Like, McGregor mm-hmm. came in and just took it to a whole new level, and well, every word that the guy yeah. says is well, a promo. Well, the crazy thing is, is McGregor would, was actually one point said, like, oh, no one's, no one was, no one ever shit talk like me. And then Chael Sonnen came out and said, I trained you on how to shit talk. Like, what are you talking about? And then Connor came out and was just like, all right, you're right. Like, you did. You always gave me tips and stuff. And, like, which I thought was cool. Kind of like a passing of the torch of, like, the greatest shit talker. Yeah. But I love... The way that Connor kind of like upped it because he fucking would come out and you know that he would immediately piss anybody off the first thing he said. Chell Sonnen would come out, he'd talk about himself first, and people would be like, all right, like, get over it. And then he'd just roast you to fucking shreds and you'd mm. have nothing to say. And it's like, I just want to kick this guy's ass now. Which I don't know if you saw uh, when Tito had his final. Final fight because apparently he's going to fight again soon. Which that's is a the way it's going to go. He's going to keep milking that. Until yeah, which kills me because low key, Chael Sonnen tapped him out in under a minute, and the referee missed the tap. Chael Sonnen released the grip, and then Tito jumped on him and fucking knocked him out. And then you know, like, how do you miss that? Which is typical though, because you know, Bellator wanted fucking Tito to go over that time because it was his final match, and that's what people want to see. But. Um, Chael did everything he can to piss Tito off. Tito was like... And he did. So, yeah, he was so not... He was like, yeah, this and this. And Chael comes in here and he goes, you look like you're a maitre d' of a golden corral. And and he made fun of his ex-wife for being a porn star. Yeah. And just like, just killed him. And then it, it got Tito so pissed where I'm pretty sure he like walked off the stage. He's like, oh, you're a punk bitch and this and that. But you see Chael there in a t-shirt and flip-flops and he's laughing his ass off at you. Like, you know... That's going to get you invested in watching him fight. And not only just like him obviously picking on anybody or, or, or drawing that emotion at anybody is going to get people to sell tickets, but then it's Tito Ortiz. 
also. Mm-hmm. It's like, all right, sweet. Tito hopefully gets his ass beat. Tito's pissed. We need to watch <laughs> exactly, this. Exactly. But, yeah, I, I always fell in love with Chell. Um, I'll never – the first time I watched him fight, he, uh, he whipped Mike Bisping's ass. And he literally just grabbed the microphone from Joe Rogan and just went nuts. And, like, spoke about himself and then called out Manalee Silva and just basically called him a pile of crap. Literally called him said, until I met you, I didn't know they stacked piles of crap that high. And then they were going to fight, and Manalee um, dropped out, and then Chell finds somebody else, then roasted him, and, you know, I just always loved the shit-talking part. I think Manalee, didn't they end up fighting in Bellator? They did, and Chell beat him. Chell uh, beat he, him. he knocked him out, I think. Or, actually, I think he no. tapped him. Was it? I gotta look. I, gotta it, look I, I think it was a first rounder. First or second. I remember watching it um, in a David Buster's. And I was the only person who celebrated because mm. I guess no one was paying attention. And then after that, yeah, that was his legends ass kicking tour. So he started with Tito, then with Silva, and then he fought. Um, oh my god, I can't remember his name. Some bald dude that was pretty. Fedor. Fedor whooped his ass before uh, after this one guy. Um, what Ryan Bader, I think it was. He, I think he beat Bader. No. No, Bader's there with double champ over there. Yeah, Bader's double champ. It wasn't him. So I forget who. He beat someone in the first round. Then he beat um, well, he beat Silva in the first round, someone else, and then got to the semifinals against Fedor, and then Fedor just Murdered. ruined him. Yeah. yeah. And the funny thing is, is Chael was in a headlock and then tried doing some funky shit, and then totally screwed up, and then he just got knocked out. <laughs> But that watching the fight before that, I said, Chell, I was like, Chell's got to stop because, you know, he wasn't doing anything spectacular. He was gassed midway through the first round. And I was like, yo, like, just give it up. Like, yeah, now he's just trying to sell the fight. Exactly. Like, the fight itself mm-hmm. isn't even up. Which a lot of guys do when they go to Bellator because Bellator is all about taking guys out of their prime because they know that it's going to get a crowd in. But, you know, I hated, I hated watching him his last four fights, and I'm pretty sure he lost the last three of those. And then he finally retired, and I was like, good. Now he could do the, uh, the, uh, the commentary, which he's phenomenal at. Yeah, he, he is. He's one of the best in commentary, honestly. And even when Is he, he doing it for Bellator? Occasionally. Not always. I know they had him do, um, like, if you, but now Big John McCarthy does, where he's in the ring interviewing Chael did that for a little bit, then they got Big John for some reason, but Big John does a good job. Um, and then he also, is, he's an ESPN analysis after all the big fights too, which is cool. That's excellent. Yeah. But, you know, he has the voice and personality for it, so. Yeah. That's absolutely. a podcast you got to get into, by the way. He has a podcast? Yeah, it's called You're Welcome. You're Welcome. You're Welcome with Chael Sonnen. Very, it's really good. Uh, it's, you know, it's about like, I'd say 75% MMA, what's going on in the world. Him giving, like, tips and stuff like that. And then the other is, like, what's going on in the world or, like, funny stories that he's had and stuff. It's, it's honestly really good. Him and, like, he's, I forget who his co-host is, mm. but, like, they go off well with each other. It's highly recommended, honestly. Mm. There's a lot of them out there. I got to – Yeah. Like, I only just uh, this last week or so <clears throat> jumped onto the Joe Rogan podcast. He's good, And yeah. he's got, a, what, 1,200 episodes or something like that. It's, Insane. like, there's so many of them. Every it's day, like, he drops like there's one just or two so many different ones. So it's like, oh, what am I trying to listen to? Boom. Yeah, yeah. He, he like basically he's one of those people that could just talk to anybody about anything. Yeah, and like his show is basically could reach out to anyone, any age, any topic, which yeah. I think is absolutely astonishing. Um, 
I want to go back to your training. Like, did you do like any uh, like meal prep or like special diets or anything, or are you kind of just like? I just try to stay away from eating terribly. Yeah. I eat a lot of Chipotle. Okay. A lot of Chipotle, and that's really just because it's the easiest thing to get to. It's like I'm on the way back from work, usually coming down 110 or whatever the case may be. Uh, training, leaving training most of the time. I'm passing by a Chipotle. I can jump in and eat the same thing. I'm the type of person I can eat the same thing every single what, what's day. What's your go-to order there? Uh, I get a burrito bowl. I get okay. uh, chicken, uh, brown rice, uh, corn, lettuce. I'll get cheese, uh, guac on the side, and then I get <laughs> I get uh, and queso too on the side, and then I get uh, three tortillas on the side, and I just make mega tacos instead of ordering tacos and having to make me these little shrimp dim tacos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just get a burrito bowl. Yeah. Order that, your three tacos on the side and make your own damn. That's taco. definitely a brilliant move that I have done. Where you just ask for the tortilla on the side because when you get a burrito from them, they, they don't put love into it. They just throw shit in there and roll it. Like when you go home, you can make packed. Everything's yeah. on one side. Exactly. You could make your own burrito and then you have a little bit that you could spare. And I, I like how you ask for the tortillas instead of the big burrito. And I have to try that now. Oh, I make oh I make a bunch. I make little tacos. They might as well be burritos. They're huge. <laughs> but no, that's the way to go. And I'll eat that every single day. Really? Yeah. Now, do you? I'm assuming you prefer that over Moe's. Uh, yes. Really? Yeah. Even the queso? I'll eat most. I'll eat most. Oh, most queso is most good. Queso I never thought about it like that. Queso versus so, queso. Yeah, I, they got good queso. Chipotle's queso to me, I don't want to ruin it for you. Go but ahead, it kind of tastes like beans to me. Beans? Yeah. Try to just eat a little bit of the sauce with a spoon and just like roll it around your mouth. And you'll go, oh, like I totally feel what he's saying. I got to try that out. What I have done in the past is I went to Moe's, I bought the queso. And then I went to Chipotle and put the... Yeah. Because they're right down the block from each other now. Yeah. Because there's one right here, um, like, on the border of Farmingdale, Melville. And then, obviously, the Chipotle right here on 110. And I literally live right in the middle. So I'll just go to most quick. Then I'll hit Chipotle. I'll come back home and I'll just pour it on. And That's, that's a good idea. Yeah. I mean, just, just for the sake of saying I tried that, yeah. I may go and try Honestly, that. Honestly, I, I definitely recommend it. It's good because, like, Moe's is good, but it's not, like, great. But the queso's there, so like that's why I kind of go to it. Chipotle for me, it's I could take it or leave it type of thing. I like Moe's because of the pictures on the walls. Yeah, that's, got the pictures of all like the parody, the like, par- famous yeah. people. Mm-hmm. Definitely very cool. That's I love Moe's. But that's but crazy. You could really eat the same thing every day. Every single day, I can eat the same thing. Bro. It's like it's bad. Dude, for, I, but I, it works out. It like saves me so much because it's like that's not a part of my day I have to worry about. Uh, of course, there are days where I, I, again, I could eat whatever I want really, as long as I try to keep it within the confines of not eating unhealthy. You know, keep my protein, get some sort of carbohydrate in yeah. there. But um, do you do the mobile ordering, or do you walk in and have it made? Uh, I walk in. I I don't do the online ordering. Let me tell you something about the online ordering. You could literally put what time you want to pick it up. And you just walk up to the register and cut the whole line, and they hand you your shit and you leave. Yeah. No, I see people walk up, look at yeah. the, oh, it's mine. Yeah. Oh, I'm out. Exactly. I, I, I do it when I know it's like busy lunchtime. You know what I'm saying? But uh, if it's like nighttime, like late, like then I won't be an asshole. But <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Um, I may have to try that because I haven't seen a downside to that yet. Yeah. Like the idea of them forgetting things, I feel like it's written on a piece of paper, yeah. they're not being interrupted. Like they usually kill. They the have order. their own yeah. special kitchen in the back for those orders too, so do that. it doesn't get cut in the line. Yeah, 
But the, I just, you know, my issue is, is I, I'm very impatient when it comes to waiting for things, sure. like, especially on like a line. So, and you get to Chipotle and you have that person who walks up and it's like, oh, I actually need to order five separate meals. Yeah, it's and like, I just want to choke that fucking yo, person out. Bring your family here. And yeah. I know, like, it's funny because I'm sitting there and it's like, oh, I understand this person, you know, if I'm at the house, my dad's like, oh, I'm going to grab Chipotle. It'd be great to just be like, yo, dad, get me this. But you know what Chipotle is like mm-hmm. if you're ordering Chipotle. Don't put that on somebody. Yeah. You know what I mean? Go to Chipotle. Because you're now not. you're hogging up the first ah. dude that does the tortilla or the bowl and everyone's standing there like – And then the you have fuck? the per- – and even worse than that is you, the time it takes to actually start the bowls and then you're sitting there jumping in between your bowls. Mm-hmm. It's like, bro, now this is going to take 10 minutes. Yeah. It's, I definitely know that struggle, trust me. I've been behind that before, and this Asian this Asian lady was doing it, and then she was literally leaning over and, like, pointing it, and I was like, oh, yo, so good, bro. How, so like, cool. I, if I was working behind the counter, I'd fucking smack her with one of the spoons. They, usually they tell you. I barely did, like, they asked me a question. I forget what it was. Maybe it was, like, it was getting something. It's like, oh, do you want this or this? And I was like, oh, let me get that. And I, like, my hand just slightly went over. She's like, please don't reach over the glass. And I was like, oh, work. That makes perfect sense. I'm sorry. <laughs> so, so I'm surprised they didn't jump on her for that. Yo, she was so quick to doing that to you. Like, I bet someone's definitely tried to dig their hands in there and she just had a bad experience. Well, you just have people who just, like, point, no, I want that yeah. or that. It's terrible. Very annoying. I told you, yeah, fuck anybody who... Orders like five things in there, one person. Like, bring the whole people there. Um, let me ask you another question because this is one of my favorite questions, actually. Uh, your favorite cheat meal or guilty pleasure? My favorite cheat yeah. meal or guilty pleasure? Uh, I'm gonna have to go with um, for a little bit. When I'm trying to cut, when I'm within like really in the middle of the camp, this one I have a pretty good cut. I'll, I'll do like intermittent fasting, so yeah. I, I won't eat in the mornings. But when I'm like loading up in between camp stuff like that. There are days where I'll straight up go to the diner every morning. Like I'll get there at like 6. I'll leave my house early. I'll get there at 6, sit down, have my coffee, eat and stuff like that. And then I'll head to work. And uh, what I have all the time is I'll have eggs, bacon, and I'll get curly fries. Ooh, nice. And especially right here, Farmingdale Diner over there, they have excellent curly fries. Or maybe they're just normal curly fries. I don't know, but they're excellent. And so like, <laughs> you get a spoon. I'm, I'm big in the mix and I'm not a spoon. You get a fork and you get some eggs on there, get a little bit of bacon, and you finish it off with a curly fry. So wait, you use that as like hash browns almost. Yeah, exactly. Every bite has a little bit of my curly fry in there. It's like, yo, that stuff is something else. Dude, you just blew fry. my fucking mind. Yeah, it's sick. That is Especially such a the egg, you get some idea. egg and some curly fry. It's like, oh, it's so sick. I have never once thought to do I have an even crazier idea. What if you got the waffle fries because they're probably season two, oh. and you made like mini egg sandwiches with them? Yeah, that's delicious. Holy shit! That's not a bad idea at all. See, see, you're right up my alley. That's good. That's fucking amazing, dude. Honestly, but that's a big one for me. I love those. Yeah, that's fucking. See, my guilty pleasure or like cheat meal, I guess, um, would totally be ice cream. I cannot stop eating ice cream. It's a fucked up addiction. Mm. Whether it's a milkshake or I, I swear to you, dude, this happened to me on Sunday. I had ice cream three times on Sunday. I, had, I went to Carvel um, with my girlfriend. We bought small cups. Well, I bought a large one because I'm an animal. Ugh, and then I the bought worst. the pre-made cones. So I went home. Uh, we ate dinner. I ate my cone. Uh, hour went by. I started eating the fucking bowl. I ate half the bowl. 
I put it back in the freezer. Three hours later, 12 at night, I'm fucking eating the bowl again. And I'm, sitting, I'm <laughs> sitting there watching Bar Rescue, and I stopped, and I was like, I literally had ice cream three fucking times today. And it was delicious. And it was great, but, like, I couldn't believe that I did that to my, like, without even thinking, like, this is how much I love ice cream, is I literally ate it three times today, like. And ice cream is just, not, like, uh. Have you seen their large cups at Carvel? No, they, like the actual Sunday cups? They, they, yeah, it's, like, this big. And it's like it goes like at least four inches high, and then they go like four inches high with the, the, the swirl. Yeah, they load you up. So like I, t- you <laughs> killed a it. lot of fucking ice cream. That's my girl loves a milkshake. She's big in the milkshakes. Oh yeah, and uh, you know who makes a good milkshake? Not to cut you off. This place uh-huh. right across the street, Whiskey Down, they do a, a, a milkshake of the month. Yeah, it's like a diner too, so you can definitely get your diner food there too. And they do a milkshake of the month, and like it's. Unreal. I got to stay away from a man because I'm like I'm like <laughs> you where I order the large milkshake, mm-hmm. which is like a big gulp cup of a milkshake. And, and also just me drinking things in general. Like it's like I down things. Mm-hmm. So it's like by the time we get back to the house, I've drank a whole large milkshake. Yeah. Now I need to not move for like an hour because yeah. I'm filled with freaking ice Dude, cream. I'll go to Dunkin'. I'll get like a f- now I weigh like five pounds heavier than I did before. It's terrible. <laughs> I'll go to Dunkin' Donuts to get a frozen coffee. It lasts me like seven minutes. Oh. And I, I just like, and I, I look at it, I'm just like, shit, like maybe I should get a bigger size. And then like I still finish it in like a disgusting amount of time. Bro, especially, especially just like drinks. Like if I like a drink, I'm killing it. I mm-hmm. have no self-control when it comes yeah. to that. I will chug it. Like Moe's has that cool Coca-Cola machine where it has all these crazy oh. inventions. Yeah. It has high C orange. You cannot find that anywhere. I filled up my cup three times. Three <laughs> times in a, in a cup of, uh, I'd probably say at least a 30-ounce cup. Mm. That's disc- I didn't even, I barely finished my food because I filled up on the high CR. No, of course. Always. I always do that. I got to be careful. It's so hard, dude. Like by the it time really I get is. out to eat, it's like I'm all excited and then they have like, they have like root beer or something. Like I'm a sucker <laughs> for root beer, yeah. bro. And it's like, wow, I'm going to drink this whole thing. And then it's like, oh, I still have my meal. It's like, oh, I'll get another root beer. Fuck it. Bring two more root beers. Yeah. Bring me your finest root beer. <laughs> I'm a huge root beer guy too, honestly. I know I know it. I even love root beer floats. Root beer floats are excellent. Yeah. Those things are uh, wild. All right. So we hit like a little after an hour. I want to. I ask this to every single guest just because, and especially, you know, I'd have to ask you because, you know, you have a big thing going for you, obviously. Thank you. Um, what are your current goals? And then your future goals. My current goals. My current goals would be to obviously win this fight in September, win these amateur fights. Uh, just try to get a feel for it. You know, if I can get people, uh, I'm working on a sponsorship right now for a supplement company. If I can get that going, it would be great. Uh, really um, just uh, cinching up the training schedule even tighter than it is now. Really trying to get to like that professional mode. And then in terms of long-term goals... I'd like to say it's GoPro, and I am excited about the concept of GoPro and the idea of it. But uh, just in terms of working and stuff like that, I really got to figure that out. Yeah. It's like right now, just training the way I'm training. I'm comfortable where I'm at, but I just know that the level that there are pros out there that are training, it's just there's levels, you know what I mean? Yeah. And um, I mean, ultimately, I would love to have pro fights. Yeah. What that entails, where that goes, who knows where that goes. I don't want to say that much. But uh, the idea of having a pro fight, having a couple pro fights would be awesome. Oh yeah, you know I'm fortunate enough. I have a couple opportunities, especially in terms of the electrical. I'm doing electrical, so I don't need to necessarily just really dig my heels in on doing MMA. 
And it's like, I don't know if I want to get punched in the head to make money for the rest of my life. But Makes sense. Definitely get the enjoyment out of it. I enjoy what I'm doing now. I enjoy being able to use my jiu-jitsu to get these victories and stuff like that. So we'll keep that going, keep the ball rolling while we can, and then uh, just see where it goes, man. Enjoy it. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Now, are tickets going to be on sale soon? Are they already on sale for uh, I believe within the next week I'll have tickets. They should be on sale. Okay. So uh, if they're interested, if anybody's interested in getting tickets, either find me on Facebook. I'll have posts going up. Is this going to be during a day thing or a night thing? Uh, It's almost definitely going to start at like 6.30. They'll have a whole mess of fights. They usually have like 20-some-odd fights. Oh, shit. Um, If you're into watching MMA at all – it's a great show to get into just so you can figure out when the next one is because it's super local. Yeah. You get to see fights all the time. You get a good span of fights because you have guys who are having their first fights ever. You have guys, the main event, the guy I'm fighting, the main event is 5-2, and two, I'm 5-0. and oh, So we have a little bit of experience. You get people from all over the place. You get kickboxers, jiu-jitsu guys. Now, are um, these people, um, now are these fights, I mean, are they like, it's everything like grapple and striking or is it just grapple? It depends. Uh, they have a couple of them. Um, I've been on shows where it was all kickboxing, and then I was like the only MMA fight. This fight on uh, September 8th, I believe, is entirely MMA. Cool. So, uh, yeah, like 20 MMA fights. Other than that, they'll have, if, if not, it'll be kickboxing fights. And they're like K1 rules or like um, uh, pro kickboxing rules. So, uh, so it's like no clinching. It's just two guys trying to tee off on each other, which is always good. Yeah. Not too much hugging, which people don't <laughs> want to watch. You know. Yeah, very true. People don't respect the art of it sometimes. And, you know, you know but the thing is you got you to gotta just accept that for what it is. It's like people don't want to watch that? Sweet. Let's change the rules so they don't do that. It's like, <laughs> right. Very true. Kickboxing's always – I'm like, actually like off of work on Sunday, so I'm totally going to have to come. Yeah, do it. I would be, be fucking absolutely sweet. stoked to have you there. Please. So definitely when you get tickets and stuff, definitely let me know. I would definitely love to yep. get some and I'll bring a whole mess of people. Thank you. And a T-shirt. I'll keep that in mind. Please. Size large. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be fucking sweet. All right. Do you have any closing thoughts or anything like that? Anything you want to say or promote or anything? Besides uh, just again, September 8th um, for Jackhammer Promotions. Um, not necessarily sure the event itself, but they'll be having an MMA show September 8th. Mulcahy's. Uh, they're expanding Mulcahy's, so they'll have a good amount of space. If you've been there before for events, you should have a little more wiggle room. Um Again, shout out Soka Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, uh, Inferno MMA, uh, East Coast MMA in Hicksville. Um, Robbie McDonald, my personal trainer, has been helping me a lot with uh, strength and conditioning. And, uh, no, thank you for having me on, man. I really appreciate it. Please, thank you for coming on. Like I said before recording, when I DM'd you and you answered me back so quickly, I popped. I was oh, so it was, excited. I was crazy I was excited. Like, thank you. I saw you were like, oh, hell yeah. I was like, I read it like three times. I was like, is this real? Did I message the right guy? Like... <laughs> This is fucking great, and especially because I haven't seen you in so like. Yeah, man, it was a good catch. I think the last time I saw you was, I mean, it probably wasn't too long. It was definitely about like a year or two ago. I think you came to the restaurant that was here, the Italian restaurant. Yeah. Um, but that was pretty much it. And like, it's hard to like, you know. Here's the thing: is like when I see people, and I haven't seen them for a while, like I hate being the guy to like go over the table and then just start talking shit with you while you're trying to, like, enjoy a meal or whatever. So, like, you know, it's hard to catch up. Yeah, like, like, what's the correct situation to do exactly. that? You know like, I'll I mean? come over and be like, oh, man, how are you? How's things going? This, that, and this. All right, like, enjoy your meal. Like, and then, like, I'll check up on you. But, like, I won't stand there like an idiot and be like, so, uh, I know you're here with, like, your whole family, but, like, talk to me. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah I, sure. I, I, I hate that. I hate that. Especially the situation you're in where it is a restaurant. 
it's like you usually have people that are in the middle of something and it's like I'm sure they want to catch up but it's just yeah. the circumstance doesn't work out exactly know? exactly but honestly like I said pleasure and an honor to have you on thank you so much for thank coming you, thank you I appreciate the hell out of it uh, another question I ask everybody is would you come on again in the future absolutely okay because maybe like after your fight we'll come on or like you know around the Maybe after the holidays or something, and we'll see what else is popping in your life sure. and stuff like that. Yeah, thank I'm you, sure. man. I appreciate that a lot. Please. I'll absolutely be down. That'd be fucking sweet. Thank you. Awesome. Thank you. And again, everyone, buy your tickets. Follow Mike Concho. <laughs> Mike Concho. <laughs> I'll, have, I'll have his handle and everything on my Instagram and everything, Perfect. so Excellent. everyone could easily click it and everything. So again, thank you for coming on, and for everybody listening, thank you for listening. Share it. Tell everyone about the show, including your grandma. It's definitely friendly for grandmas. She doesn't like cursing. Too bad. She'll like the show anyway. And uh, for there, uh, we're out. Again, share it and tell all your friends. And peace, love, and showtime.